1: They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is anyone can be a math person. It's just a matter of whether or not you
2: believe it or not. People who believe they're math people are a lot more likely to be willing to put in the work it takes in order to get good at math, which then reinforces their belief that they're actually good at it. People who don't believe that they're good at math are less likely to do the work
1: so they don't get good at it and they don't improve. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade, You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey everyone, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio, and today's guest
2: is someone awesome. His name is Abelard Lindsay. At least that's what you think his name was because you've seen it all over the internet if you've heard about the newest smart drug stack out there called Siltep. Abelard, believe it or not, that's not his real name, has never come out of the closet, so to speak, as a biohacker. It turns out Abelard is a computer science guy with 20 years of programming experience who became a biohacker and started hacking his own brain looked at different effects from different natural substances, and created a new category of nootropic called Siltep. I'm super excited that he's decided to sort of take off the mask on today's show. This is an exclusive kind of first time for him. Abelard, or shall we say Justin, welcome to the show. (laughs) It's great to be here. Thanks. Now, rumor has it you're studying computer science. You're in your second year of your PhD. Uh, Master's. Oh, master's. Okay, got it. And you've been working with this new smart drug as a way of improving your coding efficiency?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really been a uh, revolution for me. I, before I was just getting by and, and doing the work. But, uh, since I started, started taking Zoltap, I've really, uh, stepped it up a notch and my boss actually came to me and said, you know, your performance over the last year and a half has really increased. Was it because your old boss that you didn't like left or something like that? And, you know, I just, uh, uh actually told him and he was, he was really intrigued. He, uh, he couldn't believe it. And <laughs> neither could I to some extent, but, uh, it's it's really helped quite a bit, especially with um, learning new material, learning new systems, um, upgrading my skills, uh, you know, taking new approaches to things. It's been quite helpful. So a couple
2: of things got my attention. The reason that I wanted to chat with you originally, things that help people learn faster, have better memory. Uh, you know, th- those are like core to what I do with Bulletproof. But you did the entire math curriculum of Khan Academy. In two weeks. Oh,
3: well, amazing. that was, <laughs> let me get the, that was the, uh, entire, uh, K through 12 curriculum, okay. not the, oh, n- not including, cheating. uh, differential equations or, uh, you know, any of that stuff. But, um, you know, I, when I started taking SOLTEP I got this intense desire to, uh, study math and, uh, just, you know, I had kind of been a little bit phobic about advanced math and I said, okay, I'm going to, fix that you know cuz i want to go back to graduate school and uh you know understand all that stuff and and so i started doing all these Khan Academy exercises and they started out really easy and then they went up you know all the way to basic calculus and it was just addictive and i just uh kept at it and and it's kind of thing that before siltep i would have gotten lazy about it and probably given up you know halfway through or put it off or just not want to do it, but I, uh, I just enjoyed it so much. And that was, uh, that was really amazing to me that I, I, this, this thing, uh, this thing that would have normally been drudgery was so exciting and, uh, engaging. And, uh, that was one, of the, that was pretty much the first time I realized that, wow, this is something really different from every other smart track I've tried. Well, let's, uh,
2: Let's take a step back for people who are listening. People who are longtime listeners definitely will have heard about smart drugs and nootropics. But what's the definition of a nootropic or a smart drug? The way you're using it here, uh, just so people who are maybe listening for the first time get a get a sense for this.
3: Well, a nootropic is a uh, you know a, a supplement or a drug that positively. Uh, in, improves the uh, brain's metabolism of uh, neurochemicals or, or activates certain mechanisms in the brain such that it produces a neuroprotective, sustainable, beneficial effect. Now, you know something that might improve cognitive performance uh, but not in a sustainable, beneficial way would be, say, for instance, amphetamines. Yeah. So, so a nootropic, uh, for instance, like uh, paracetam, uh, is neuroprotect protects the brain from injury, and it increases the effects, uh, the ability of the brain to process information, uh, remember, and uh, you know, function. So,
2: that's my definition. I I really like it, and this idea of neuroprotection is is really important. A, a lot of questions around many of these techniques come down to, well, is it safe? And the answer is, not only are some of these things safe, they're actually better than doing nothing. So you get an increase in performance and an increase in at least potential neuron longevity or something like that, which is awesome. Yeah. Now, we've defined what smart drugs are. And what is the theory behind the one that you created here, behind Siltep?
3: Well, the theory is that, um, well, it started out in academia, actually, uh, with um, they, were, they were investigating this drug called proliprum, which is a Phosphodiesterase four inhibitor, and what it does is it prevents the breakdown of uh, cAMP, cyclic adenosine monophosphate, in neurons. And what that does is it uh, prolongs the activation of the cell uh, in this process called long-term potentiation, which is basically when neurons are reaching, are 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 growing and extending dendrites and uh, toward other. neurons to strengthen the firing of electrical signals between the neurons. And this process, when they block it in mice, it uh, makes it so they can't form long-term memory. So mm-hmm. they've determined that uh, this is a uh, process that's crucial to long, uh, long-term memory. Now, uh, this drug, they would uh, use it on mice and various tests that they you know, run the mice through and they had dramatic effects in improving their reference memory. And, um, when they combined it with, uh, they, uh, found that this in- effect was even increased further. Now this drug never made it through clinical trials because it had the side effect of, um, emesis, which is the, uh, medical nice way to say vomiting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it was a very interesting drug for uh, doing all sorts of experiments on mice, but uh, it didn't didn't really get through clinical trials because of the side effects. And so it was just put on the shelf. And uh, there were actually a lot of articles in the literature about how one of these days they're going to make a synthetic um, PDE4 inhibitor that doesn't have this side effect. And... There was even a Forbes article in 2002 uh, that was talking about the, the development of, of, of these class of drugs, and they even referred to it as brain Viagra. Um, nice. <laughs> so I was intrigued by this, and you know, I knew that um, a, a cousin of PDE4, very closely related, it also affects um, a chemical similar to camp called uh, uh, cGMP. I think that's cyclic guanosine monophosphate. But anyway, that. Uh, that chemical that inhibits that is called PDE five, and that is uh, what Viagra and Cialis inhibit. And so those work great, right? And uh, <laughs> but there are All there right. are herb, there are herbal inhibitors of those. All
2: right. So you you brought up Viagra. I was I was going to be polite about that, but um, there was a little side effect about mice. Uh, I, I think that that I came across when I was doing research to chat with you about this. Do You know what I'm talking about.
3: The side effect about mice, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the the PD four in uh, yeah female <laughs> mice. Uh, that <laughs> that was yeah. That's a fun one. Um, is that what you're referring to? Uh, indeed. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. In, in, in female, this this study actually came out at the beginning of this year <laughs> that they said in. Uh, Female mice, PDE4 was sort of like uh, Viagra in male mice. So, in women, in their anatomy, PDE4 was the primary uh, enzyme that was uh, controlling the process of arousal in the anatomy. And in, in men, that was uh, uh, you know PDE5, male mice. So, you know. So, so well just, humans- just
2: to make sure that, that we, we demystify that whole sentence here. <laughs> um, if I could just translate that and, and do this in, in the scientific way in mice, it caused clitoral erections, not to, right. to, too, uh, graphic there for people driving in their car. Um, but that's, that's kind of interesting, especially given if you've heard the podcast with, uh, uh, with one taste and <laughs> also we're going to have to send a bottle of this over there to the people who are studying, um, female orgasms in humans. Uh, to see if there's a difference, and believe it or not, I, I really am going to send a bottle of it uh, over there to, um, uh, to Pooja, I hope I just got her name right, uh, that would be embarrassing if I got her name wrong, because uh, she was on the show, ah, I need more Siltep, but uh, <laughs> from over, I, I believe at Rutgers, but yeah, the, there's there's really interesting science behind what this is doing, because it is kind of close to what Viagra's doing, but it's this is actually not even a drug, right, it's a natural herbal supplement.
3: Right. Yeah. And um, so, so, so what? So my thought process going back to all this was, um, so the, there's there's uh, herbal things that act like Viagra. They're not as strong, you know. They're not as effective, but they they do kind of work, at least in my experience. For instance, there's uh, icarin, which is in uh, epimedium, otherwise known as you know colloquially as horny goat weed. So yep. <laughs> I was thinking, well, there there must be some sort of Herbal PDE4. Let's uh, let's go dig around PubMed and see what we find. And um, you know, I found that they're in in, in Taiwan and China. They've been um, doing a lot of research on tr- traditional Chinese medicine, and they uh, you know were analyzing which is in art extract, and they discovered that oh yeah, this is a, a PDE inhibitor. Uh, you know, PDE one through five, especially four, and uh, you know, it, it, and they were investigating it mainly because uh, PDE four inhibitors, prescription ones, have been used for as anti-inflammatories for people with cardio obstructive pulmonary disorder, which is you know what you get from smoking for you know ever um, you know helps them breathe. So they were they were investigating this as kind of a therapeutic angle on it, and and so I. Read this, and I thought, okay, Luteolin. Um, I'll just order up some artichoke extract, and then I, you know, was looking at this other study where they said forskolin potent, uh, potentiated this effect and increased this long-term potentiation effect of, of PDE four inhibitors. So I ordered that up, and I tried it, and I was like, wow, this is really great. And I even wrote in my journal, it's new super neutral.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm actually amazed because. Oh, for more than 10 years, I've been taking uh, luteolin for its anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, mine was in the form of perilla extract or peria. I don't even know how you pronounce that herb. And I've been taking forskolin for its cyclic AMP effects, also basically for increasing various cellular functions, and did not know that there was a smart drug effect from these things. And about, oh, a year ago or so, I think you and Tim Ferriss were Twittering uh, about this, and he'd mentioned this in, in a magazine. I'm like, that's an old stack. Like, you take one for, uh, for liver function, the lidiolin, and, and for inflammation, you take the other one for cyclic AMP. Like, what's the big deal? Because I didn't understand the whole PDE4 thing that you had discovered. And so since then, I've had a chance to get to know you. And for people who are listening, saying, I want to try this thing, we just put together uh, something so you can get this on the Bulletproof Exec website or on Upgrade Itself. Um, so i'm I'm super stoked that you know this is a, a stack that I know is at least i believe it's safe because i've taken it for a very long time in a different form and you've added a few other things which are very well formulated to it so i was I was super stoked to get to know you and to get to understand uh what it was that you'd built here so um i'm I'm pretty hesitant to to jump out behind uh you know putting my name behind anything like uh, like this until it's, it's well vetted, but your science is super sound. And that's why, you know, I invited you on the podcast today to, to talk more about the science. Um, so that's kind of just an example of how you've taken some ingredients that have been known for their own separate things. And when you stack them together, you teased out the effect one that I missed, which is kind of cool.
3: Right. Right. And, um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, we found another, uh, PD four inhibitor that's, uh, uh, called Z- uh, Zembrin, and it's from uh, it's an ex a uh, processed extract of um, Kana that uh, has this chemical mesembrinone, which is a very strong PDE four inhibitor. And I, and you know, from time to time, when I, I really need to cram on something, I, I take it, and it's very intense. And all I want to do is study all day. <laughs> wow!
2: All right, we're going to include links to that and these other compounds that we've talked about in the show notes. So people don't have to randomly Google around while trying to weave in and out of traffic uh, in L.A. <laughs> or something where a lot of people listen to the podcast when they're driving. So don't worry if you miss some of these advanced uh, uh, compounds. We'll, we'll make sure they're all out there. Now, you hang out on one of, the, one of my websites uh, that I uh, will call me a lurker on it. I post occasionally, but uh, longevity, right? You spend a lot of time uh, online with those guys.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a it's a great resource. That's where I uh, initially kind of announced the stack and and developed the uh, scientific understanding of it along with the community. So if you're listening to this and you're
2: interested in the cutting edge, including some crazy stuff to be honest around smart drugs, uh, longevity is a community. Of people like uh, me, many of whom are biohackers or, or people who are like themselves, <laughs> but uh, who are at the cutting edge of of looking at what smart drugs do to the human body. People who are human guinea pigs, and it's a great a great resource there. So you announced it there, and I've definitely gone through the thread and, and thought, wow, this is this is pretty neat stuff. It, it's it's very deep, and it's a great information resource. Um, that means though that you know about other smart drugs, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you and me both. Let's talk about racetams. My favorite one, most people who listen have heard me talk about aniracetam because of what it does to memory IO and to creativity and stress. This is kind of you know, my favorite racetam and one that I take every day unless I'm taking phenyl How does Siltep interact with racetams?
3: Well, uh, it, inter- um, it interacts really well with uh It's... Uh, they're, they're very synergistic. Uh, uh, you know, one of the guys I'm, uh, involved with in the, uh, you know, who in the Siltet business said, Oh yeah, that felt really limitless when I took the two together. And I said, yeah, sure it did. <laughs> That's the sack I take when I, uh, have an exam or, you know, I'm cramming for something. Uh, it's not when I take every day though. Uh, every day I, I take Paracetam though, because that has, um, a subtler effect. I mean, phenylparacetam, it's very much of a, um, of a stimulant effect almost. Uh, you know, they, uh, biathletes athletes in the Olympics, I think, were, were banned for using it because it increased their endurance and their tolerance to cold. So that's it's very strong, uh, has a very strong effect.
2: I, I kind of describe phenylparacetam as paracetam for the whole body instead of just the brain. And uh, in fact, right now, I'm on a stack of phenylparacetam, aniracetam, and Siltap. But that would be something that I would take most days. So that's just kind of how I roll. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, interactions, positive or negative, if you put Siltap with the Like, Is this safe? Because there's a lot of people listening to this who take aniracetam because you know, they, they tried it. Like the Rolling Stone guy in Australia, the, the editor there, tried it. was like, I think I'll be taking this aniracetam stuff forever. Um.
3: Yeah, well... I uh, I don't take anorastem regularly yeah. uh, for my particular neurochemistry. It tends to kind of um, have a bit of a spacey effect for me. Uh, well, but so, so uh, what about
2: the rest of the racetams? I just want to know, like, is it safe for people on racetams to stack them with Siltep, and what should they expect to happen?
3: Yeah, well, uh, they're they're good to uh, paracetam. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, is is uh, and phenylparacetam are great to stack together because they're operating in different aspects of, of, of neurology. So for instance, the, uh, um, the racetams are, 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 uh, acting in between the cell, uh, at the cell receptors for NIMDA and AMPA and, and Siltep is operating inside of the cell, magnifying those signals. So they're not, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not directly interacting. So there's, there's kind of a, um, a barrier between them. It's not like, uh, you know they're both they're not both working on the same receptor, for example. Uh, so so there would be a, you know their effects are independent of each other, and they're therefore they're synergistic.
2: Now it turns out that for a lot of people, stems can impact sleep. Sometimes they have more intense dreams. Sometimes it keeps them up. What impact have you seen from Siltep on sleep?
3: Well, the, that's a funny question because. Uh, you know, before we added Alcar to the uh, stack, uh, you would get this two p.m. sleepiness that would kick in, and
2: uh, <laughs> a two p.m. sleepiness. So,
3: got it. Yeah, and, and uh, the advice for a long time on that was to uh, take N-acetyl tyrosine or, uh, you know, acetyl carnitine. And uh, when I added uh, acetyl carnitine in the ratio of one milligram forskolin to two hundred milligrams acetyl carnitine, that that alleviated that. And that's what we've put into the product. Um, so, you know, Siltep actually uh, helps you sleep better, <laughs> if you can believe it. The, the reason I asked is is that I noticed that
2: um, it definitely makes me want to want to crash harder when it's time for sleep, but it doesn't necessarily make me want to crash earlier. Although it, it may make me want to like go to sleep a little bit earlier than I normally do, but I tend to stay up late because I have a lot of work to do. Like I'm writing another podcast uh, preparation document or you know, putting together another science post uh, like the one today on on lectins. So, you know, if you're trying to crank, um, have you experienced that? It makes you like when it's time for sleep, you really need to go to sleep then?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I sleep really well <laughs> when I take it.
2: Yeah. I, I think I sleep better, too. And I don't have enough data to, to necessarily prove that. I just haven't put the data together. I'm using a new sleep sensor system. So I don't have like a versus B, like with the same sensors. But um, I, I think that's an effect that I would I would tell people probably works. And for people listening, if you haven't heard of Alcar or acetyl-L-carnitine, uh, this is a common amino acid that's used for cognitive enhancement and anti-aging purposes. It's been around for what, 20, 25 years. Life Extension Foundation first started talking about its use uh, for mitochondrial function God, years ago for fat burning. And it's something that I've used for longer than I can remember, I would say. So putting these things into a single stack reduces the number of of pills and the cost very dramatically. And by having them work synergistically like this, uh, it's a new effect and not one that, uh, that I was aware of. So you've, you've done a lot of of biohacking here, which is, which is really cool. Um, you you can tell you've done this, but what didn't work? Like, like what failures Uh, did you have?
3: Oh, well, uh, (laughs) We uh, tried this uh, to get the stack working with uh, corsetin, which is um, has PDE inhibiting effects, but it was way too strong, and it uh, kept me up at night, and um, it kind of made me a little irritable. And same with hesperidin, uh, that made you know that was. Um, Uh, Yeah, too strong in the wrong way as well. (laughs) I mean,
2: a a lot of people take a vitamin C with quercetin and hesperidin. These are basically cofactors that go with vitamin C, right?
3: Well, you can get them on your, on on their own. I mean, I was taking like one gram of quercetin.
2: You were kind of hitting it hard then. But if, if I was taking, you know, my vitamin C with bioflavonoids and uh, quercetin and hesperidin and all that in a normal dose, do you think that that would have an impact for the, the average person?
3: Yeah. I mean, as long as it's a, a small enough dose, I mean, I, you know, if you had a choice to avoid it, uh, I would, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just fairly, uh, the, the effect of Siltep has to be carefully balanced for instance, uh, you know, the, the amount of forscolin in it, you might notice is very small compared to, you know, what, what's been in, uh, diet pills, for example, like, uh, most you know, if you buy like uh, a, a bodybuilding supplement with forskolin, and it, it's it's you know got twenty five milligrams, and and we only yeah, have th- it but four.
2: Bodybuilders have different goals than aging and <laughs> smart drug people. Like they're different communities. They they take advantage of the same pathways, but you know sometimes you beat them over the head, and sometimes you 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 know maneuver them carefully. <laughs>
3: Right, right. But but the point I'm trying to get at is is the effect of, of of Siltep is 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 kind of it needs to be carefully balanced. Like too much is is not better.
2: And <laughs> so uh, yeah, I wouldn't take uh four or five Siltep capsules at the same time. I think that would be a very bad idea. You'd get a massive headache just from the Alcar, if nothing else.
3: Right, right. Um you know, so uh it's it's important to um you know not uh not exceed, not mess with the ratios. And, and I mean, you know, maybe a little crusetin or Asperidin uh, in small amounts wouldn't affect it as much, but I would, uh, I would try it with and without um, because, you know, they're just um, the, the subjective effect because there's, you know, there's so many PDE uh, uh, four variants. There's like 4A, 4B, 4C, 4D, and they all have, you know, slightly different effects. And just the, uh, the ones that uh, quercetin and hesperidin are active uh, inhibiting are, um, you know, subjectively, uh, in my experience, not uh, the most beneficial.
2: Got it. So people wouldn't want to take mega doses of vitamin C cofactors with this. What about right. another real popular supplement? One that that I carry on the site too, Alpha Brain. It's it's primarily around increasing the activity of acetylcholine in the brain, and for a lot of people. They perform better when they've got more acetylcholine. What happens if you take alpha brain and Siltep together?
3: Well, I haven't taken alpha brain and Siltep together, but I would, uh, you know, uh, imagine that um, acetyl carnitine was what cured the uh, sleepiness of uh, that was induced by Siltep, So that and that's that affects acetylcholine, and so increasing, you know, the acetylcholine in the brain. Um, should uh you know should be beneficial as far as wakefulness and so forth um you know that that being said you can you can get too much as you go in the brain it's you know not uh, not the greatest thing in the world but um you know i i, I hold out hope that uh the two will will be uh you know should should be good together i mean especially uh, the amino acids and so forth that are in alpha you have a moderate amount of, of
2: alcar you're not overdoing it in Siltab. And so I don't I don't think for most people that there would be excessive Alcar between the two. And, and if there was, if you stack them, uh, I think that your effects would be a headache and you'd know it right away. Um, just for, yeah. You might get some jaw tension or something. Um, the other thing that is worth noting is that there's venpocetine, which is a PDE1 inhibitor in, in alpha brain. Right. Um, but since you're inhibiting PDE4, um, doing a PDE1 and 4 at the same time, they should stack together pretty nicely.
3: Yeah. Yeah. um. Yeah, luteolin does have some PD one uh, inhibition effects, but um, you know they they, they could stack uh, together, um, you know, uh, beneficially. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd really have to, to take them together for a while, but um, I, you know, it's it, it could be synergistic for all I know. My,
2: my read on it as a biohacker is that there's a lot of synergies there. Uh, and I don't see a lot of other problems, but I'm also someone who's acetylcholine dominant. Like I've taken probably too many large dose acetylcholine uh, promoters for you know a decade and a half to the point that I have all the acetylcholine I need. When I take extra uh, extra acetylcholine, I tend to get jaw tension and muscle tension pretty quickly. Um, so I have to be really careful, especially with the acetylcholinesterase inhibitors like uh, like. Huprazine. So I'm, you know, I, that's not one that works with my neurochemistry, but for most people, they benefit greatly from that. So when I look at stacking those two up, I'm like, hey, it sounds like a great plan. And if it doesn't work for you, you're going to know it the first time you stack them. <laughs> so. Yeah, and
3: and, and, and sometimes, um, you know, I galant, galantamine. Yeah, um, you know, which is a, a esterase inhibitor. So uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know, it's conceivable that they could be synergistic. Now, the
2: best thing to wash Siltep down with is, is bulletproof coffee. Uh, can you tell me why? Oh, well, <laughs> blatant self serving questions. <laughs> oh, I love
3: bulletproof coffee. It's great
2: stuff. So, you, you do drink coffee? I, I never actually asked you that before. So, I mean, this isn't, we, we didn't stack this up. I was just, you know, being the, the blatant commercial slime ball, which who I'm not um, with that question. So, but like, in all honesty, do you drink coffee and what's the effect of, of coffee and Siltep when you stack them?
3: Oh well, they, you know they work great together. Um, uh, you know, coffee is 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 also great with uh, theanine. Oh yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure you're aware that uh, it has a uh, effect of reducing some of the jitteriness aspects of um, you know of, of, of caffeine by itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's our other uh, product, <laughs> Smart Caffeine. Yep. And, uh, yeah, no, but Bulletproof is great. I, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really good coffee. I feel great after I, uh, drink it, you know, it's, uh, doesn't have the, uh, sometimes when I drink coffee, I just don't feel right. <laughs> after. Uh, you actually
2: notice a difference from, from bad coffee. Like yeah. just for people <laughs> listening, I know I'm famous for talking about coffee and, and all that stuff. We didn't cue any of this up. We didn't plan this ahead of time. I have no idea what uh, Abelard or uh, Justin's uh, answer is going to be here about stacking this and, and anything else. So like this is just two biohackers talking about coffee, just so we're all clear on that. <laughs> 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 um, so you you've you felt a difference um, from like the quality of coffee changed how you're reacting and you're okay with stacking um, coffee with the ingredients in here. Um, I've never actually looked at what, phenylalanine and caffeine or coffee do together any uh oh well any thoughts well, on that?
3: F- well phenylalanine is a essential amino acid i mean a hard-boiled mm-hmm. egg there's 700 milligrams of phenylalanine so it's uh you know it's it, 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 you basically if you eat a hard-boiled egg you already took more phenylalanine than uh in, is in Siltab. so so,
2: <laughs> so why did you add phenylalanine to the stack
3: because uh Siltep, when it uh, activates, you know, CREB, and that goes into the nucleus of, you know, neurons, it starts increasing the production of enzymes. One of those is tyrosine hydroxylase, which is a important enzyme in dopamine metabolism. And that, you know, the front end of uh, dopamine metabolism is, is, you know, where the, the, the original amino acid that's processed from food into the tyrosine and into L-dopa and dopamine and so forth and so on is, uh, you know, l alanine. So I am just providing more, more fuel because that, uh, you know, that, that material is going to be being, that amino acid is going to be being processed more quickly by the body. So I, I you know, it's the same reason I added Alcar is that, uh, is to counteract the depletion of, of those, uh, you know, those nutrients that would otherwise occur. And, um, you know, thus counteracting any sort of uh, nutrient depletion effects. Um,
2: Got it. That makes that makes great sense. And supporting dopamine, in my experience, is at least as important as acetylcholine. Acetylcholine gets a lot of, of headlines, and this is you know why I have Alpha Brain on the site as something that I recommend for people uh, because of you know, its massive support or acetylcholine, but when you flip over to dopamine, that's becomes the realm of things like modafinil or provigil, which I'm kind of well known for, for using. What? How would you compare Siltep to modafinil and their effects on the brain?
3: Well, you know, modafinil is is kind of a, a strange one because uh, the mechanism of action of it is is somewhat uh, unclear.
2: <laughs> yeah. know,
3: people thought it was uh, orexins for a while, uh, and then thought it was, um, you know, it was something to do with uh, cur- uh, brain currents, uh, and you know, um, it's interesting. But uh, there, there are people who take uh, modafinil and Soltep together on the on the thread, and they have uh, they have good luck with it. They uh, one thing that modafinil does is it. Uh, is reading about it; it, it blocks um, LTP in in some cases in the prefrontal cortex. So. You know, maybe Sultep would help reverse that or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I don't take Modafinil per- personally, so. Uh, Why um, not? Um, well, I try to stick to all natural. You know, I um, don't, uh, yeah, I, I try to stay away from prescription drugs. <laughs>
2: so sort of all natural chemical extract of vitamin B6. Is that all natural?
3: Well, well, that's <laughs> natural enough. You know? And for you know, for <laughs> I mean, I just don't like to you know have to go to my doctor and say, hey, you know, uh, I <laughs> Well, so Silk Road two just came
2: on, so you don't need your doctor anymore. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for people listening, Silk Road is uh, you know the place where you can go online to get just about any. Uh, any illegal drug or quasi legal drug you wanted uh, and pay with anonymous currency. And it was shut down by the government and just reopened yesterday as Silk Road 2.0 new and improved. Um, ha ha. Well, anyway.
3: <laughs> like I, I guess I can't say, you know, use that all natural excuse because they take paracetam. But ah, there you go. It's 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 more like, what can I order on you know, without having to go to a doctor's office and like beg and act in a shady
2: way? Needing a permission slip to biohack has has been frustrating for me for years. And fortunately, there are a lot of integrative and holistic and functional medicine doctors who, you know, when they understand what you're doing, uh, will work with you on, you know, on improving your brain function and improving your longevity. It's just it takes time and energy and frankly, money to find those guys. Um, I try to list the bulletproof physicians on the site. That's not to say that they'll write you a script for modafinil, but to say that they'll work with you on making sure your brain works as well as it can in the safest possible way. And I, you know, I love the guys who spend their time and energy on that. So hats off to the physicians who are, you know, willing to help us be more than we otherwise were rather than just not dying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's, it's important to, uh, to push the boundaries and, uh, you know, become, uh, uh, you know, smarter, more healthier human beings than, uh, we would normally be able to without modern technology.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of modern technology, you go by online almost exclusively, like this is your unveiling, um, Justin, as, as your name is Justin, you go by Abelard Lindsay. Now I recognize that name because, well, I studied computer science too, and, and I'm a geek, but where did you get that name? Like tell people about this since we're talking about high tech.
3: Oh, uh, well, that's from uh, Bruce Sterling's uh, Schismatrix. And uh, this was uh, some sci-fi he wrote back in the 80s. And uh, in Schismatrix, there's uh, the shapers and the mechanists who are locked in conflict. And the shapers are are people who uh, manipulate their gene lines, uh, their genetic code, and, uh, you know, their epigenetics, which is the activation of, of, of certain genes, and, um, and they use that to, you know, increase their intelligence and live forever. The central character of the of the book lives for I think more than three hundred years, and uh, you know. And then the mechanists are people who integrate themselves with computers and uh, cybernetics, and and the uh, uh, you know, and, and there's a conflict between them because the uh, <laughs> the the shapers think that the mechanists are are you know impure because they've polluted themselves with, you know, machinery and so forth.
2: It, it, I remember that, that line of stories really well because it's one of the early kind of transhumanist visions where you have like the, the, the Borg on one side versus call them the, the natural life extension guys on the other, uh, where one is, is working with it within the, the called unnatural limits of biology to make the biology do our bidding, which is more my line of biohacking versus you know, the mechanists, which would be more like the uh, what we call grinders today, like the guys who are implanting you know, batteries and metal devices and magnets in their, uh, in their skin and sort of going in that direction. So um, my, my take as a biohacker, and I've looked actually quite a lot at, at the ethics and the risks and rewards of these various things, and bottom line is until you've maxed out your existing hardware, your biology, the point of upgrading it seems kind of wasteful. And as a computer science guy, shouldn't you write better code before you buy a new processor? Uh, (laughs) So so there's just an elegance to that, right? And and that's my take on this and why I'm I'm a fan of transhumanist uh, technologies and understanding them, but I'm also um, very aware that we've barely scratched the surface of what our own biology can do. And Siltep is one of those things that maybe can help your biology without needing to upgrade it.
3: Well, you know, the way I look at it, there, there are people who are a lot smarter than I am. You know, you look at uh, math geniuses like Ramanujan or uh, engineering geniuses like Tesla. And they have the same, you know, roughly two or, or, or even these people who can um, There was a 60 minutes on this who can remember everything that happened in their life up to now uh, since, you know, perfectly. And these people have the same roughly, you know, a few pounds of gray matter between their ears that I do. And, and so what's the difference, right? <laughs> and so the way I think about it is, you know, if um, if I could you know, somehow modify what's going on in my brain such that it was more like uh, what was going on in their brains, then, you know, I could be that intelligent. And, you know, they the guy who preserved... Einstein's brain, for example, has found that you know he had uh, a larger uh, population of glial cells, which are these helper, you know, cells in the brain, and so forth. So you know, if you if if you could, for instance, uh, somehow encourage growth and you know that was controlled and beneficial in in that part of the brain, then you know you could conceivably get more of that capability that he that Einstein had. So that's. That's how I look at it. You know, there's so much room for improvement over uh, over our current condition just within our own biology.
2: So you, you mentioned epigenetics there, and <clears throat> the whole perspective on biohacking um, that I talk about on the bulletproof side is around you modify what's going on inside your body, like at the cellular or the neurotransmitter level and solteps there. And then you modify the environment around you to get the epigenetic effects. Which includes things like nutrition. Like, do you do interesting things nutritionally? Do you pay attention to diet and exercise and things like that?
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> I take uh, a lot of supplements. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've kind of uh, gathered them up over the years. Um, one thing that I do with my diet is I try and eat really, really clean. And uh, you know, for instance, one of the things I, uh, you know, I drink distilled water that I add the minerals back into. And, uh, you know, I've gotten into the habit of, 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 eating like really high quality, um, storable food just on, just for lunch or whatever, because, it, uh, you know, it's like organic peas, organic chicken, organic cheese. And you look at the ingredient list on these and it's just peas. That's it. There's nothing else, you know, chicken, nothing else. You know, there's no nitrates, no MSG, And, you know, eating that stuff on a regular basis, you know, it's not for the gourmet or anything. It's uh, it just feels really clean. And I don't have um, any negative reactions to it.
2: When you say storable foods, you mean like dehydrated, like backpacker ration kind of things? Uh,
3: um, No, this is uh, this is stuff they uh, sell at Costco. They're cans. They're about, you know, yay big. And, uh, you know, they're good for like 20 years. And it's it's the really high quality stuff. It's actually not that cheap. I mean, to get enough uh, calories for a day, if I was just going to eat that, which I don't eat specifically, it'd be like twenty bucks a day. So it's not, um, you know, it's it's not ramen noodles or something like
2: that. Got it. So you're kind of going for some convenience there. Um, I probably I'd worry about BPA in the can. That's for sure. Uh, for- well, they're
3: not they're not um, they're dry packed.
2: Oh, they're dry-packed? Okay, I'd, I'd have to yeah. look at what the things are, but I'm not sure that that's quite on the Bulletproof diet, to be honest, but you're not on the Bulletproof diet. But I'm just, you know, for people listening, I don't know that I'd, I'd say that that's <laughs> the the most nutritious, lowest inflammation food you could get. Um, and have you have you struggled with any, like, weight gain or weight loss or anything like that um, um, in the course of, you know, being a smart drug kind of biohacker?
3: Like- well, you know, that hasn't really been my primary area of... Uh, optimization uh, you know and uh, you know i've stayed about the same weight for for many years um yeah. you now that's uh one thing I've, I've gotten into because uh you know i don't have a lot of time on my hands is the seven-minute workout have you ever heard about that they uh
2: i do about 15 minutes once every week or two uh so yeah. not quite seven minutes uh, this is like body by science kind of stuff
3: well this is um there was this study that was in a. um health journal and they said what is the minimum amount of time you can possibly work out and uh you know maintain health and so forth and they said it's you know basically a seven minute high intensity workout and there's there's even all these iphone apps out for that now
2: okay yeah it's very related to the stuff like the last couple years i've been saying you know here's here's how to do the minimum amount so it uh dr mcguff recommends 15 minutes every 14 days, which is funny enough is seven and a half minutes. So it, it's related quite a bit. So you're doing like some, some heavy lift squats or some sprints kind of things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do push, you do jumping jacks and then you get a little break. Then you do wall sit, you get a little break, you know, push ups, get a little break and this all kind of fits into seven minutes. And, um, yeah, there was, there was a great, I mean, I think there was an article in the New York times about it and, um, It uh, had a lot of uh, scientific, it had an actual study behind it that was in a published journal. So that's why.
2: Very cool. Well, we are running uh, towards the end of our interview here. And there's uh, a couple of questions I I ask everyone who comes on the show. Before we get to those, though, I want to remind people, uh, if this interview has been helpful and you'd like to try Siltep, it is available on the Bulletproof website. So check out bulletproofexact.com, go to the store, go to Upgrade Itself, which is our store URL, and uh, we will be carrying this for you. And I'm I'm extremely pleased about that. Just uh, um, there aren't a lot of new smart drug stacks, or I should say nootropic stacks, you know, smart herbs uh, out there like this. And it's something that uh, I've definitely vetted and something I've tried. So check it out. And On that note, let's ask this big question that everyone's answered. For people who want to basically kick more ass, people who want to perform at their very best, what are the top three pieces of advice you have for them based on your life experience? It doesn't have to be about smart drugs, it can be if you want, but just all the things you've learned in your entire life, what are the three most important ones people should know?
3: Um, Well, you know, you got to find the right uh, combination of of supplements and smart drugs that work for you. and you know, one of the ways that, uh, I think is really good for determining that is, is, uh, Eric Braverman's edge effect. That's, you know, the way that he breaks down the, the, uh, neurochemistry of of each particular person and so forth. And, uh, and, you know, combining it with the right smart drugs that work for you. And that's sort of a process of exploration because everybody's brain is different. And, um, the second thing I would say is to find out what, um, you know, what you're really good at, what your brain, you know, not, I, 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 I'm, I think that not everybody can do everything really well. I mean, in my family, there's lots of differences with, you know, talents and so forth. And, uh, you know, just to kind of find your niche, find out, um, what you're good at and, and, and try a lot of things, uh, to, to kind of, you know, see what, uh, what works, um, you know, what you're doing now that you're, reasonably okay at may not be your uh, main passion. And uh, the other thing is to learn how to think better. You know, um, it, by reading about confirmation biases and social psychology and so forth, just just finding all the ways that our own brains and, uh, you know, the habits of thought mislead us so we can uh, make better views, make better decisions and, and um, not be subject to prejudices or or uh, biases that would interfere with us making the best decisions
2: awesome advice uh justin aka abelard lindsay thank you for being on the show thanks for making a new smart drug stack and i really appreciate the just the work you've been doing and the passion you put into smart drugs I appreciate you being on the show today it's been a
3: pleasure